Hour number three. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan brought to you by mortgagestogo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgagestogo.ca. In studio right now, big show flames analyst, the Chronolist, the solution snake. Um, <laughs> Mr. Brent Cron, um, just so you know, Connor, our newest hire at Sportsnet 960. Yeah. He's been mowing your lawn a little bit. I told, I, I listened yesterday. Yep. All kind of door services. Yeah. I was all over it. I was, I, I sent a text. I'm like, this is, this is a Bush league operation. <laughs> I want to meet this guy. I want to take him under my wing. Yep. Give him under, under my tutelage of, yep. of my reads on the radio. Are, are you ready for your read now? I don't have a paper. All right, go, bud. I'm surprised you don't know it off by heart yet. I know, but the second I know it off by heart, I start making changes. Okay, you know, you're on right. the fly. You don't want to do that. <laughs> Improv. Brent Caron is brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited, your go-to service company for the last 35 years, offering 24-hour emergency service. For all your door repairs, anything that swings, slides, or rolls, call 403-266-1411. That's 403-266-1411. Very well done. Um, That's how you do it. Uh, we're, we got lots to talk about the Flames 4-2 win over the LA Kings last night, but we we have a guest on the line. A big wheel guest, too. Yeah, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, we do a lot of things on this show on purpose, like you're going to be reviewing Dunkaroos later. Right. We, 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 we were all about you reviewing Dunkaroos, and then we didn't realize 14 years ago today, Sidney Crosby scored the golden goal in Vancouver, and our next guest was on that team, um, saw it on the bench, uh, he, he, jumping around, uh, Stanley Cup champion, um, two-time Olympic gold medalist, Ryan Getzloff. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? We're good. Do, were you aware it was 14 years ago today? I just When you just said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's been 14 years. Okay. T- take us through the moment when you saw that puck go in. I mean, it's all kind of a blur when that stuff happens. That was uh, obviously a big moment for us in Canada. Um, you know, I can't think of a, <laughs> a better story that could have wrote going into the Olympics in Canada at home against the Americans. Goes into overtime. They scored late too to tie it up. So um, it was uh, it was quite the emotions going through. Did you guys have that sense? Because we all know back then uh, that was the most successful Olympics ever. Canada's winning gold medals in every single sport. The women win the gold medal. But if you guys don't win that gold, we'll remember that. It's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, they lost the Americans and won the silver. Did you guys feel that pressure heading into that game? Well, I, people ask me that a lot about pressure with Canada and whatnot. And, and I think that... With Canada, we always have kind of a sense of it's either gold medal, gold medal, medal, or you lose. Pardon me. And so we never really have that sense of pressure. It's just kind of the way things have always been since we started playing with Canada at under sixteen. Where is the gold medal right now? Where are your two gold medals? I love I love asking that question to guys. Uh, that's not a good question right now. I'm in the process of building a house. Yeah. Um, I actually had both gold medals mounted. Um, with jerseys, um, and they are wrapped up in a garage somewhere, um, <laughs> waiting to be hung up back on the wall. Okay, <laughs> crooked on the wall too. When you hang them back up, just uh, sliding off oh, the sure. the mantle. That way, it looks like they're just yeah. like casual, right? You're like, oh yeah, my gold medals. <laughs> oh, 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 this thing oh, over those here. Those old things. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you don't take them out of the case and put them on once in a while. <laughs> I don't. No. I don't. People ask me where my rings are all the time, too, and I'm like, I hate to tell you this, but they're literally sitting in my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> just close by. Never know when you're going to need them. Uh, I did want to ask, just yeah. what was what was that night in Vancouver like after? Mm. What happens after you get your medal? It was That was crazy. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, I wish I could tell you I went and partied the whole night away, but it, it honestly, we... We were in the locker room for so long, and by the time I got out of the dressing room and stuff, I had my well then fiance and my wife with me and my family. We went back to the hotel, had some drinks in the bar. Then me and my wife decided we were going to go meet some of the guys out at the bar, and we jumped in an Uber, and we went about a block and a half in almost an hour. And we finally just said, screw it. And we turned around and went back to the hotel. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to reconnect. 
Sorry, we're going to try to reconnect with your phone. It's a little it's a little janky right now. We're going to reconnect with you. We, we will call you right back. So, again, I, I want to hear okay. about all these stories. But you want to talk about a show that, you know, we're like, oh, awesome. You're like, hey, let's get Getzlaff on. He wants to come on. That'd be great. I'm like, awesome. And then we just fall in an ass backwards <laughs> that it's 14 years to the day where Sidney Crosby wins the gold, uh, scores the golden goal, and they win the gold medal, and he's on that team. It's crazy. I remember watching that too, and I'm going to tell I'm going to tell Getzy when he gets back on the line here where I was when I was watching that game. Uh, I, uh, I vaguely remember. Okay, here's my quick story on that gold medal. Uh, I was I was working like three weeks straight at the radio station in Toronto because we were the official broadcasters. Yeah, sure. So the, this is how I this is how I experienced Sidney Crosby's gold medal. I'm in the studio watching it on television, and then the guys who have the live radio feed start jumping up and down, and because <laughs> of the delay between TV and radio, I look up and then Crosby scores, but they already knew it. Like five seconds before I did, yeah. Like ah, <laughs> you know what? That's awesome. Yeah, that's it, how it was. Yeah. That's how I experienced it. It happens all the time if you're watching on stream and you have the notifications for a game oh, on yeah. your phone. It, it happened pops. to me the other when we were watching a game the other night, the Battle of Alberta. Yeah. Right before the Flames score, buddy looks at his phone. He's like, "Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> sure enough, bingo. There bingo. we go. Yep. Uh, Ryan Getzloff uh, back on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. I hope that's better. Yeah, I hope so. I can hear you guys good. Oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's so that's a lot. That's a lot uh, clear right now. Um, have you talked to uh, what was Sidney Crosby like that night after scoring that winner? Like, obviously, one of the biggest goals in our country's history. Like, how did he deal with that that night, Ryan? Like the same way he dealt with everything his whole life. Um, <laughs> poor Sid's had Canada kind of on his back um, since he was 13, I think. So, um, you know, Sid just didn't, he enjoyed it. He enjoys the spotlight. Um, he knows how to show up in big games and um, and how to deal with those kind of things. So um, he was just as fired up as the rest of us. And um, and I think that, you know, he, he's went on to prove it over and over again. You know, Getsy, I know I'm going to tell you a story where I was when you guys won that gold medal. I was I was in the American Hockey League from like my ninth year, I think, and I was I was I was rehabbing my knee in a hotel gym, putting in minimal effort, Ooh. watching it on on TV, and I thought it was unbelievable. There you go, <laughs> yeah. Gr- grinding away, that. grinding away. In a ho- right. Hotel gym, yeah, very nice. I was just sitting on the bike too. Nobody was watching me. There was no uh, there was no security or making sure I, I pushed through it. But uh, it gets no. I wanted to take you back to to the start of your Western Hockey League career coming in with the Calgary Hitmen, you know, um, and just as a young guy starting off his career in the Western Hockey League, I'm just always curious because, you know, I know how my thought process was always when I was a kid. It's just like I want to play one game in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League and then it kind of progressed to one game in the Western League and I went one game in the American League and one game in the NHL and I got my one game in the NHL. But what was the progression like for you? You get to Calgary and and, you know, what was your mindset when you were just a, a rookie starting off with a hitman and kind of take us through your career a little bit and your progression there? Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, first off, I learned everything I know about putting a minimal effort in the gym from you, Croner. So. <laughs> Happy I had an impact on yeah. you, buddy. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, no, but I, uh, you know, when I came to Calgary originally, um, I wasn't one of the, you know, prodigy type kids. I wasn't a first round pick or anything like that. I was just kind of playing hockey. And I, um, I went into Calgary that year as a 16 year old and went to camp and didn't really know what to expect. I mean, as you know, camps back then were a lot different. I remember being at the rookie camp and all the veterans were running the bench and we were setting up fights and all kinds of stuff <laughs> yeah. going on that was yeah. completely out of control for me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but I had fun. It was, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, ended up making the team that year. Um, and, and, and kind of just kept going from there. Even after that, like my first year, I didn't get to play a ton. We had a pretty good team. Um, got to learn a few things about the league. Um, but overall wasn't, you know, touted as a big prospect or anything like that going to the NHL. So, um, I just kind of kept my head down and kept playing. And the next year, um, I got the pleasure of playing with Freddie Schustrom. And, and again, we had a pretty good team and, uh, that year I was able to have a little bit more of an impact and, uh, and, you know, towards the end of that year, my draft status kind of went, went a lot higher and, and things went on from there. So, um, I was able to just kind of learn and, and kind of grow within the game there in Calgary and, um, and really round out my game where I wasn't, you know, I wasn't just a defensive player. I wasn't just an offensive player. I kind of learned how to do both things to, uh, both ends of the ranks and, 
and be able to play penalty kill and power play, uh, which you know proved down the road to be a pretty big asset for me. What was the what was the how was it being on the buses in the first year in the dub? Oh, it was miserable. <laughs> I am not a bus guy. <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about miserable? First of all, I can't sleep anywhere except the bed. Yeah. So I didn't sleep a <laughs> wink. And and second of all, the most miserable bus rides you can possibly do is when when I was 20 years old, you start in the NHL and I played up until Christmas in the NHL and got sent to the minors in Portland, Maine <laughs> for a month and you're riding that bus again and I was miserable. It's that a- was uh, that was my moment. I knew that I was never coming back to America. <laughs> yeah. That was your motivation. Hey, you no, know, see for me, I could sleep like a baby on the bus. I could sleep in all kind of contorted, twisted shapes. Right? Practice makes oh. perfect. Right. And it was yeah, exactly. I had a lot of time in the West End in the American hockey. Like I remember you sitting in the front of the bus too, buddy. But you know what? I, I wanna oh, take yeah. I wanna take you to the start of your NHL career. I remember being a black ace with the Calgary Flames when you guys beat them in seven games in the first round. And just just talk about your Anaheim yeah. team there too. Just how good you were. You had Solani, you had Perry, you had Dustin Penner, you had bunch of these guys, you know, I think Brad May was on the team and, and, you, and you guys were just, you were a force and uh, coming in as underdogs in that series and just grinding away and just kind of take us through um, the, uh, to, to, to the ultimate end there. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a great way to come into the NHL. Like, I, I was very blessed and, and still to this day am thankful that I got to come into the league um, on a team like that. I didn't have to come in and be the number one center that, you know, some of these young players had to do and have to do now. Um, I got to come into the league and earn my stripes and I had to play on the fourth line and, um, and I got to go through it all with Perry and Penner and, uh, and we had such a good young core that was learning from the veterans and we got to come in that year. And like you said, we came into those playoffs, not really with any expectations um, and ended up, you know, we ended up going to the conference final and losing that, that year to Edmonton. Um, and then, you know, our veteran players, you could say, you could see that that was kind of building something. And um, Brian Burke basically made that statement when he went out and got Chris Pronger in the off season um, that allowed us to, to take that next step. And uh, we added some other, we added Brad May at the deadline the year we won the cup there in my second season. So um, we were able to, you know, build with a direct correlation to, to what our goal was and 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 that was kind of a one track mind from there which was great i wanted to ask you a little bit about just being drafted by the anaheim ducks in general at the time it's a franchise that had been around for 10 years hadn't seen a ton of success yet um what were you thinking about just going down and playing in california a team that was still at the time the mighty ducks of anaheim what were your emotions on being drafted to a team down in california it was cool. I mean, honestly, I didn't even think anything about it other than when I was, I remember draft day, you're sitting in that chair and I was slipping in the draft a little bit. I think I was ranked ninth going in. Um, there was really only the Rangers were really the only team that I thought they had kind of said that they were going to take me. Um, and then when they didn't, it was kind of like, Oh boy, now we're just sitting here and, and things going on. But the second your name gets called um, all that kind of goes away. And I was just so happy to be drafted by any team in the NHL. And it was just fortunate for me that um, I ended up going to a team that was on the rise and, and had a had a great mission in front of them. That's wild because you got one franchise, it's the Rangers. It's in a huge market. It's been around since the original six. And then you've got the fledgling little ducks. And obviously it turns out really well for you in your rookie year. Like, do you ever look back on that and how wild things are if it could have landed a little bit differently? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of always think about things like that and, and how different it could have been if, you know, I could have went to any number of teams um, and I saw some guys get drafted by teams and, and like I was saying earlier, they got put in a situation where they had to be the guy right away and had to try to learn on the fly and some of them succeeded and some didn't. And um, I always am thankful for the fact that I was able to kind of come in and, and learn how to play the right way and and. I was taught very young by Randy that, you know, we were responsible players and if you weren't, you weren't going to play. So we didn't get that big leash that some of these guys get where you you can develop some pretty bad habits um, for your future down the road. Um, Do you know who the Rangers took in your draft year, Ryan? 
Hugh Jesterman. Oh. <laughs> Do you know how many NHL games he played? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of those things you're like, Jessamine, <laughs> when you were a rookie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my first year, I, well, even when the draft happened, I remember, um, and nothing against Hugh Jesterman, I just right. didn't know who he was because uh, he was kind of an off-the-board pick that everyone was just like, what the? Because we all kind of came up, and we, we most of us have played against each other for the most part. and. Um, you know, and that was just the one pick that I, I will probably never forget. And the fact that the Rangers <laughs> did that. And, um, but because you could probably ask me a bunch of other names on that list and I wouldn't know where they were drafted. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, does it? Right. But uh, no, you know what? No. I, I can sympathize with Jessamine gets. I really can because I get to have to live with the fact that Henrik Lundqvist got taken in the 200 and something pick mm. after I went ninth overall. So, you know, I get, I get, you know, pot shots every <laughs> once in a while. It's a tough life. I, I got broad shoulders, buddy. I'm, I'm still living through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, we should play the clip of what Brent Cron said <laughs> oh, during his draft year. Uh-oh. The same year, Rick DiPietro uh, went number one to the Islanders. Cron uh, was very confident. Very as cocky, an confident. Do you have a GVP for us? He takes his goaltending thing very personally. He looked down at D.P. Etter and said, hey, I hear this guy can play the puck, but can he stop it? I didn't even remember saying that. I just lit him up hard. No, he never would. These clowns here brought that to my attention, and we do throw it on anytime I want to call somebody out or light people up. It's like, well, look at this guy. He's just licensed to kill over here. I'm on fire. I love that, Connor. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh man. I bet you told that to Drager in confidence. I did. And then he just dropped it on oh, the broadcast yeah. right in front of you. You know, mm. I was just I was trying to give this false bravado like I was just so super confident that that's what the guys wanted to hear and then I just got sold out by the media. But anyway. Oh. oh. Well, the, the dreaded media, they do that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's always our fault. Uh, one Ryan. of us. Yeah. One of us. Yeah. Um, I assume that everything we're saying today is incompetence. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Strictly. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, the, it's sure. just the four of us in here right now just having a conversation. Yeah. We're on a conference call, actually. Yeah, Nobody, just, nobody's listening. Zoom nice that's little good. conversation. That's, good. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Stanley Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline, the chronolist in studio as well. Courtesy of all kind door services, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet, 960, The Fan. Uh, wanted to get your opinion on this. It, we, we brought up his name earlier, one of your teammates, uh, Scott Niedermeyer. Like, the guy's resume is just ridiculous. Crazy. Ryan gets up. Why don't we talk more about Scott Niedermeyer? And the dude has won everything, everywhere, anywhere he's ever played. Is he still a little underappreciated, which sounds insane? <laughs> well, I... I hate to say it, and it's not a shot at Scotty, but I think that the the reason that he gets underappreciated is because Scotty doesn't want to be appreciated. <laughs> Scotty doesn't like to talk. Scotty doesn't like to do interviews. Scotty doesn't like to be. He's not exciting, um, you know, for lack of a better term. He's he's just good. <laughs> um, he's just flat out good. And Scotty, um, Scotty, be the first one to tell you that he uh, he likes that persona. And he likes being. Um, under the radar and um but yeah he's uh one of the most accomplished players to ever play the game and um and having the pl- privilege of learning from him and sitting in the room with him uh, i got to learn a lot without him saying much um i wanted to ask you uh in practice uh who is tougher to play against on that blue line was it Niedermeyer or was it pronger Physically or emotionally? <laughs> Both. <laughs> those, those are those are two different answers. Uh, Chris Pronger was physically really hard to play against because if you went anywhere near Chris Pronger, or anywhere near that net, you'd be looking for a slash or a cross check in the back. So um, he made you earn that space even in practice. Um, but Scotty was the, the frustrating part about Scotty was you're always bigger than him. Like I, I was never smaller than Scotty ever. Um, but he always managed to get his body in the right position to be able to cut you off and um, and basically just outsmart you. You know, and, and that's that, you bring up a good point there about paying a price to stand in front of that. Like, are you are you watching games anymore? Are you are you paying attention to the league and what's going oh, on? Yeah. The, the game is quite a bit different. And uh, just kind of your thoughts on guys paying the price in front of the net and that kind of stuff because you were a you were a, a heavy hockey player. You were a power forward. You you earned everything you got and. 
you'd mix in a fight or two and, and you don't see that much anymore. Where, where do you think the state of the game is at, just in, in your humble opinion? <laughs> my humble opinion is my humble opinion is that the games are at that, and that's why I'm sitting here today. So, um, it's you know it, it's one of those things. It's it's been it's been a transition for sure. Watching players, um, both that I played with and 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 now watch, um, it's just a totally different game. There's not much. You can go into the front of the net and stand there freely, and D-men are more likely to step in front of you and try and front the puck as opposed to moving you. And um, you didn't have, you don't have to pay that same price um, for fear of penalties and everything else. And and some of that's good, some of it's bad. I mean, that I liked the game um, when you had to earn everything you got, and whether that was ice time or um, you know your space in front of the net or the the puck down low. Um, no matter what, you had to earn it. And um, in some cases now, it's not really about that. It's more about the skill game and getting up and down the, the rink fast. And I watch some of these games, and it doesn't feel like anyone ever stops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you're watching around, and I'm like, I think everyone just turns. Nobody's stopping anymore. <laughs> We're yeah. just going. Well, and it's funny and, when you when you say turn, it's like you used to get benched for not stopping on pucks and starting it all over again, oh, and now 100%. it's just big airplane circles and coming back and they're flying out there oh yeah they just keep momentum all the time and and the game is faster there's no doubt about it and um again that's much to the credit of why i'm sitting here today <laughs> and it was time for me to it's time for me to retire you shared a locker room with one of the poster boys for this new generation in trevor zegris what was that like <laughs> uh Poster boy is a good thing to say. Um, no, Z was, uh, it's different, man. It's, you know, I, again, I, I gained a lot of experience um, with the timing of my career. I think, you know, when I came into the league, it was the Solanis, the Niedermeyers, the uh, Brad Mays, you know, I can go up and down the list, but I got to come in in that era where those guys, it was such a hard nosed game. Um, no questions asked. You were responsible for what you did on the ice. Um, and you know, I, we went to the end of my career where I was the older guy and all these young players was, I called it the why league. Now it, everything is why kids want to know why they're doing something all the time before it was, yes, sir. I'll run through the wall. We'll figure out what's on the other side. Once we do it now, it's, you know, every practice time, why are we practicing at this time? Um, every breakout, why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing it? And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And that's an adjustment when you go through trying to learn how to motivate kids and um, not only motivate them, but understand them in a fact that we can communicate um, on what I expect on the ice and what they expect. And um, that was a transition. It was, it was a hard thing to do. I had to definitely talk to a lot of people and I reached out to people that I knew and, um, and, it, and it's a different world. These kids do things now that I wouldn't even dream of doing, nor could I do um, with the puck. And they just do it freely throughout the game that we would be doing while we're playing shinny in the summer. So um, it's kind of a, it was a transition for sure and, and something that you had to get used to. Uh, can, can you hang out with us a, a little more, Ryan? We just want to take the break because we definitely want to get your uh, thoughts on facing Mika Kiprasov, whose number is being retired. Saturday yes, sure. here. Okay, all right, so we're going to take the break. Ryan Getzlaff, a Stanley Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, going to join us after the break. It's the big show, the Chronolist in studio. So we're going to talk to more with Ryan Getzlaff, get Kron's thoughts on the game last night, and he's going to uh, taste test some Dunkaroos for us. It's all straight <laughs> ahead. Some serious stuff. Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Brought to you by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca. .ca. Uh, we'll wrap up the show with two things. Our lock of the day, courtesy of Metal Supermarkets Calgary, and Brent Cron is going to give us a live review of Dunkaroos because this this is the topic of conversation yesterday. You're going to have some, and you're going to you're going to discuss. George, you're looking at me right now. My body is an absolute temple. It I don't is. I don't put this filth into my body. You're right. Yeah. Hold but, on. But we're, we we want to hear your review of Dunkaroos. <laughs> I'll eat both boxes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't wait. Um, also, uh, you're brought to you by our good friends at All Kind Door Services. Can you indulge us, please? Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, Brent Cron is brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited. 
your go-to service company for the last 35 years, offering 24-hour emergency service for all your door repairs. Anything that swings, slides, or rolls, call 403-266-1411. That's 403-266-1411. Well done. Uh, Stanley Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, uh, future Hall of Famer, Ryan Getzlaff on the Atlas Pizza in Sportsport at Castellans. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. What do you think of uh, Brent Cron's uh, reading uh, ability, his spots? What do you think, Getz? I absolutely love that music that plays in the background. Yeah. That is completely Croner's. <laughs> I think he listened to that before games, too. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. I would put it on the sound system because there was no headphones <laughs> in the dressing room. So I'd make them yeah, listen. We didn't to have that then. No, we had a five CD disc changer, I think. That's... We had to mix CDs. It was awesome. Um, oh, yeah. What wanted to ask you, obviously, uh, the retiring Mika Kippersoff's jersey, but I wanted to ask you this question first. Uh, Corey Perry still getting after it in the National Hockey League, playing three hours north at Edmonton. What's the best chirp you heard him that you can share with us that's radio-friendly on the ice? <laughs> Probably can't. There's going to be a lot of silence right now. <laughs> <laughs> Was he the best no, talker I mean, you played with? Those... No, 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 no. Paris barely says anything. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he's 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 more of the guy that just sits quietly and does stupid things, like no. water and gloves, taking sticks, hitting the goalie on the way by, all the other stuff that annoys people. I think he was more annoying because he didn't talk. Oh, okay. How many times did you it's see? Really hard to, it's really hard to argue with someone who doesn't talk back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he has those eyes that just cut through you. Like, how many times did you see him do the water in the gloves trick? Because that would have driven me crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I I stopped paying attention to his antics probably after the fifth year in the C league. But <laughs> most of them ended up getting me in fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just shaking your head like not again. Really? Okay. All right. Here we go. We're doing this again. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> now, now I got to ask you, uh, what's the hardest punch you've ever taken mm. in the league, and who Ooh. was it? Um. <laughs> Not that I was the best fighter on the planet, but I had a long, a long reach, so I had the ability to not get hit very much, and that was kind of my goal going into the fight. <laughs> right. Um, not one of those guys that's just going to exchange blows. Um, but I got hit. Um, I think I want to say it was McCormick, maybe, and mm. I fought him in Buffalo one year, and he caught me with one on the side of the cheek. But um, other than that, I don't really remember getting hit very square ever. So. I was very fortunate. There's a uh, picture of when you took a puck in the face and you you kind of got a whole oh. bunch of stitches. Your lip got busted up. Was that the worst you ever felt from, I guess, just being in the game? Yeah, that was, I think that was – you're probably talking about the one from the playoffs against Dallas. Yep. Um, yeah, that one, honestly, <laughs> as bad as it looked, it, it really wasn't that bad because – the four teeth that it knocked out were already oh, fake and, <laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, and my lip got cut open, uh, which was what it was. But, and it's funny, that was actually the same night that my daughter was born. I had to go to the hospital right <laughs> after the game and my daughter was born later. Instead, and, of, uh, instead of going to the delivery room, they just, you know, they just rushed you off to yeah. the emergency room. Like, no, 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 no. Seriously. <laughs> oh yeah. I got there. And the nurses were like, can we get you anything? But I'm like, just, I'm fine. Just yeah. take care of my wife and the baby. Like, uh, yeah. hey. and uh, how? Uh, no, I got. I I took a slap shot in the face from Shane Doan um, in Phoenix the one year, and that one. That's the worst I've ever had as far as an injury. That was. Uh, I kind of shattered my skull a little bit, and um, <laughs> just a little. Yeah, that one. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that one wasn't very good. That no. one hit me square no. and, oh, in man. the forehead. Oh boy. Oh God. You know, it's funny, too, with your, your wife delivering the baby. I'm sure that you said the nurses were all over you making sure you were okay, and you were just probably just getting laser beams from your wife, too. It's like, this is my time. You know, it focuses on me, and everybody's just looking at you. Is, is Ryan Getzlaff okay? Is he going to be all right today? Yeah. <laughs> I get one night. Yeah, one night, right? And you yeah. take it away from me, too, right? Couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I wanted to just uh, ask you, too, about some rivalries, you know, some big games that were fun games for you to play, whether it's buildings or teams or games that you remember where you were just engaged from the start, whether it's fight, hat trick, goals, all that kind of stuff. Who were some of your big, big games that you got up for, whether it's playoffs, regular season, doesn't matter, but just you, that you, that yeah. didn't take you much to get fired up. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the one thing I've definitely learned over my career is that, like, the only rivalries you can ever have is if both teams are competitive. And um, and you usually build that through the playoffs. So, I, you know, Calgary I always loved. I loved playing in Calgary partially because I played there. Um, and I loved being in that building, and I thought it was fun. And um, always had family in the stands, stuff like that. So I really loved coming back to Calgary. But that was also built my first year in a rivalry in the playoffs, you know, you, you play against them for a seven game series and you build that, that kind of, um, I don't know, hatred for lack of a better term. Um, and then, you know, the Kings were the same way. The Kings, we always kind of had a bit of a hatred, but at the start of my career, the Kings were so bad that it really wasn't a rivalry. It was just kind of, it was fight night, but, um, it was also <laughs> point night most nights. And then, uh, you know, the Kings obviously improved tremendously and, you know, we built that into a rivalry where every night was kind of a battle. It didn't really matter where the teams were in the standings. We were going to go uh, and have a good game. What about the Sharks with Marlowe and Thornton? Yeah, Sharks were the same way. Uh, played them a couple times in the playoffs. Um, it was always a battle. That was that was a fun time. San Jose had a good team for, you know, our whole Pacific Division at that point was uh, was kind of a juggernaut. So it was kind of fun to go through that and and battle against those guys consistently. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Stanley Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. I guess Hotline Big Show, Russick and Rose with the Cobra in studio, <laughs> Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I'm sure you're aware they're retiring Mika Kiprasov's number 34 to the rafters here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on Saturday. What are some of your memories facing that guy? Yeah, not good ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was... He was a battler, man. Um, I, I'm glad they're retiring. He deserves it. He, uh, you know, he did a lot in Calgary, and and playing against him was was always difficult. That guy, um, he he battled as hard as any goaltender I ever played against, and um, was kind of never out of the fight. You know, when it came to reaching back and making a save or or whatever it was, um, he just never kind of quit on a play, and it was really annoying as a player when you kind of see an open net and. He reaches back with his glove or his stick or something and and is still battling to make that save. One of the things that I find fascinating kind of going back to his career and when you were playing, like what was your emotion when you saw that you were going to face the backup for Calgary during that stretch when he was here and he was playing like 65, 70 games a, night, uh, a season? Uh, I, I Honestly, I can't really recall. Um, you, you know, he, he just played all the time, so yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I mean, he he was just always in the net. Does does that get in your head when you face a guy like that, Ryan? That you know he's so good and he never gives up on a play. Does it make you try to make that extra play that you normally wouldn't when you're facing a guy like Brent Cron? No offense. <laughs> oh, Cron, that's messed up. Yeah, sorry. Um, I know that hurts. I think that it hurts. Sorry. I think the I think the one thing that you you could say about my career is that I I never hesitated to make the extra pass. So. It wasn't uh, it wasn't something I consciously had to think about when the goalie was in the net. I probably did it more often than I should have. But, um, you know, it, you definitely had to pay more attention to finishing plays. Um, you know, I, I much like Jonathan Quick when we played against him, like Quickie was – they always battle for those extra pucks. And there were some goalies that didn't move as well that you maybe didn't have to be quite as precise when you were shooting it in the open net once you kind of had them beat. I know coaches always try and give you a little bit of a book on on the opposing goalie. Was there was there anything you were being told before games to try and attack when he was in the net? Oh man, I have a great story for you on this. We played when we were playing Calgary in the playoffs that first year. I remember our goalie coach um, Francois Allaire at the time came in, and they would always do like a pre scout for the series and. Yeah, our goalie coach would give a pre-scout on the goalie, and um, <laughs> and Kippersoft was going to play, obviously. So he starts his whole thing, and he kind of tells us a couple tendencies, and then he goes in to tell us how Mika doesn't – he's not good with side-to-side shots, and he, he goes to show these clips of one-timers going in. And I'm not joking. He showed seven clips, and every one of them was like – Dot to dot, one timer right under the bar. <laughs> we were all, like, and we were just like, yeah, I don't know if there's a goalie on the planet that stops. <laughs> I don't know if you could say that. I don't know if you could say that's a weakness. <laughs> you know, you know what? 
my my first year as a black ace when the Flames went to the Stanley Cup final. I remember being in Tampa Bay, and it was me and Christoph Oliwan. I can't remember who else was on the ice. And Oli kept telling me how awesome Marty Brodeur was. And we're going to work on this drill. And it was backdoor one-timers standing still. And they just fired him in the empty net. And Oli skated by me. He's like, you have to make those saves if you want to play in the National Hockey League. It was awful. I hated it. It crushed me. At that at that point, you were like, well, I don't want to play in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Sign me up for the bus in Omaha. I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. I also wanted to ask you just real quickly, just uh, if you follow the Hitman still, because obviously it was a team you played junior in, having a, a decent year and a, a top prospect for the upcoming draft, do you, do you keep tabs on him still? Uh, I try to pay attention when I can. I'm actually watching more and more hockey now. I'm doing a little player development stuff for Anaheim, so I'm forced to pay attention a little bit more to the junior ranks. But um, I haven't seen the Hitman play this year, to tell you the honest truth. Um, in years past, in years past, it was a lot easier for me to keep tabs because I was running that. Um, we had a suite at the games, and we were taking kids to the games and stuff. Um, and so I was definitely a little bit more involved at that point. But um, you know, Calgary is always a, always going to be kind of a home for me, a second home, and um, I always enjoy their their success as well. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Olympic gold medalist, 14 years to the day. Man, did we fall mass backwards into that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Stanley Cup champion. Uh, terrific stuff. Uh, let's do it again soon. Thanks for this. Oh, you got it, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Getz. There he goes. Ryan Getzlaff. Pretty good get, Croner, I got to say. Yeah. You know what? I just It popped into my head last week. I'm like... I wonder if this number still works. Right? Yeah. And I text it. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I wonder if this number still works. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it does. And it's like, hello. And he's like, hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah. We, yeah. We, is this Ryan Getzlaff? Yes, it is. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, we, hey, Croner. We, uh, we played this game uh, a while ago. What's the most famous number in your phone? Who's the most famous person in your phone? Oh, boy. Ooh. Mine? I think I gave mine last time. But... I don't know. That's a good question. Like, you know, Fine. Lanny McDonald's in there, right? DVP. Thank you. Oh, stop. He said that's oh, a good There's question. so many, you know, there's so many in there. I had to think. Uh, mine, uh, Joe Montana. Seriously? I have his number. Do you just make a fake number up and then put his name no, in no, there? No, no, I would never do that. I would never do that. Joey Chestnut. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. I gave you Cousin uh, Sal's see. number. Yeah, I got Cousin Sal. That's it, yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel, Cousin Sal. Yeah. I gave you that number. Uh, a bunch of hockey. You don't have Wayne Gretzky's number? No, Gretz. Mario. I think no. Gretz called in when he was when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never interviewed Wayne Gretzky. Really? Yeah. We'll see if I can get him on. I haven't interviewed him. Matt, he did. Yeah. Okay. Well, he got me beat. I've never interviewed him. <laughs> in your face. Take um, that. We got about uh, ten minutes to go here. I um, wanted to ask you quickly about the game last night. Yeah. Four-two win for the Flames. Watch out. Four straight wins for your Calgary. <laughs> here they Flames. go. Um, the two goals that got scored on off the rush on shots that maybe the goalie's got to have. I want to get your thoughts on the Deneau goal that maybe tipped the Anderson stick. I'm not sure. And the Sharon Govich goal that ended up being the winner. Like, tell me, is that both on Talbot and Markstrom? Like, because it felt like there was an odor to them, but I'm not yeah. sure why they went in. Well, Can you explain to us how they went in? I will do my best. Well, that's all we ask of you. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll lay it all on the line here. Okay. Lay it on the line. <laughs> but, so when... Deneau comes in, yep. Anderson's a bit behind the blue line too, right? Like he doesn't, his gap isn't fantastic on that play. That being said, it's not, that goal's not Anderson's fault. He's reaching out, he's trying to get his, his stick in the way of the puck. That's what every defenseman does. It's a natural reaction, you can't get that out of the way. Even if it doesn't hit his stick, just the fact that it's being there, you're almost waiting for something. It's like a guy standing in front of you sometimes and you know he's trying to tip it, mm-hmm. but if you try to make that, if you try to catch it or you try to do something, there's so many things that predicted the deflection yeah right and you sit there and you're kind of cheating the deflection he misses it goes in so you, it's why you just kind of play big and blocky but with a tip you can get right behind the player so if he does hit it it can hit you in the shoulder you know you don't have to react to the rea- to the to the tip as much a far out shot's a bit different clear line of sight no screen just that that reach it, he might have just lost the puck for a quick second or it could have taken a dip i rewind that about a million times like did that hit something and 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 went in right off the post too like it wasn't they like could beat him in the middle of the net or went under his glove, was Pick over spot. his glove, posting in. Was and it because it wasn't shot that hard? Derek Derek Wills on the broadcast, he had to nail it right away. <laughs> it was 82.8 miles an hour. Is it because it wasn't shot that hard? Well, you know, it's, it's still a pretty good shot for 82 with a stick in the way. Like, that's still got some sizzle on. And, and he was at top of the circle, roughly. I think, you know, if you ask Marsham, that's a stoppable puck. 
Oh, yeah. Right? 100%. But, you know, there's a few intangibles in the way where, you know, it just delays that reaction a tad because you, you obviously, you're not going to, you can't react to something like that. You have to kind of read it a little bit too and then have your body kind of kind of follow it. And when there's that stick in the way, it can, it does happen where it just kind of delays you for the extra second to see exactly what's going to happen. And then you go, it's almost like a little hiccup or, or the Charles Barkley hitch before he swings his golf club. It's right. like, a, and that's what I think happened on that play. Anything to the just right to left movement, and then the shot goes opposite way. That eh, happens, but you know the guys move so well right now. And he and he was he moved right to left, but he was set for the shot. Yep, right. Mm. So mm. it's like he was still moving. If he was still moving, that would be uh, uh, you couldn't fault him on that. But he he was set. He was stopped. His feet were steady. His shoulders were up. It's not like he was chasing the play. He was ahead of it. Would you rather have a shooter go through the defenseman's legs untipped? Or have the outstretched stick and get just a slight deflection on it. And oh still boy, go that's, on that. that's hard. That is so hard. I think through the legs because they can't elevate it as much, right? Mm. And, so you're limited to the lower half of the net for right. stopping it. And and the vision, you know, that'll cut into your line of sight a little bit. But if it's if there's nobody else in front of you too, right? You you can you can make that safe, right? Yeah. It's not terrible when the stick's in the way. So many things can happen. It looks like a bad goal too. Like immediately, people you're in the, you're in the building. Like, oh man, you should have had that. My buddies, I was in the washroom for that one, watching with some friends, and I came back and they were like, "Oh, he let in a stinker." Yeah. And I saw it. I was like, "That's a pretty, pretty good shot, shot off yeah. the rush." It's not like a floater. Like when it goes ding, it wasn't. It like, wasn't wow. Rasmus Anderson on Mike Smith <laughs> from 180 feet away. Like um, the uh, the goal Sharon Gover scored on Talbot. Yeah, that one. That one was different for me. I rewinded that one a million times too. That went under Talbot's glove, right? And I believe Wilsey gave the speed on that too. And, it, and that was a that 80, was a, 82. Right. Snapshot. <laughs> I, I, that one I think just went straight in. You know, I, I honestly I think that was just a bad goal. Good on Sharon Govitz for shooting the puck. I think that was one that Talbot needs to have. And if it did his vision was obstructed. Maybe he shot, you know, his skates are black. Maybe the puck's black. You can use all kind of excuses you want in the world that he got lost. It's camouflage. He uses the black tape to disguise the puck <laughs> yeah, right, instead of the white tape. At the end of the day, though, in a game like that, for that to be the game winner, that's a, that's a tough goal to let in. Even if, you're, you know, it does hit a stick or it does get nicked, that's a save that he, he needs to make. How bad did he bite on the Manjapani? Oh, man, but Manjapani came in with speed. Like, he knew what he was doing, right? And that's the thing. A lot of guys come in with speed, but they don't know what they're doing. And so they just wait for a goalie to make the first move. Manjapani, that was the move he was doing the whole way through, especially coming in on, on his blocker side too and driving that far post with speed and slamming on the brakes and sliding it in. Like Talbot's underwear was in the second bowl. He ended he up in the going, corner. Yeah, yeah exactly. See you later. And then he reaches back and we've all been there. You know what I mean? And, you, and then you don't bite on that. And then you can beat him to the far side too, right? But the key for that goal was speed. Hmm. Uh, we got a couple of things to do before uh, we say goodbye uh, for today. Um, we got to do our lock of the day. You want to read the lock of the day, um, Reed Croner? Yeah, yeah. Let me just uh, let me find this this bad boy. All right, <laughs> all right. I got it. Okay. The lock of the day brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes, cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on Fiftieth Avenue. Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to some Serie A action today. There is a juicy matchup between league leaders who are on pace to win the Scudetto. <laughs> Inter Milan wow. playing Atalanta. I'm going to take over two and a half goals in this matchup. Lock it in. Hmm. I see what you're doing here, George. Maddie, you need to win to avoid Listen, doing I'm, another. I'm writing a story. Okay. I get it. I've <laughs> been terrible. I needed one more shot from Nazem Kadri yesterday to cash my bet. I was desperately hoping he was going to get there, but in the end, he did not. So we just got a soldier on, boys. Uh, I got a same game parlay. Uh, three legs for this one today. I'm going to take the... And it's gross, so <laughs> buckle up. Oilers on the money line, parlayed with a dry sidle point and Hyman over two and a half shots. Okay. Blues on the second half of a back-to-back. Oilers have been mid lately, but so have the Blues. It's a tough back-to-back. Winnipeg to Edmonton. Yikes. What was that last one there? Hyman. Hyman over two and a half shots and dry sidle over a half. Lock points. it in. What are we doing, Patrick? 
Uh, Mavericks and Raptors tonight. Uh, Going to go Luka Doncic, Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett combined to score over 80 points. Wow. Okay. DVP? Like uh, I'm going to jump on that game as well. Raptors are straining a couple uh, wins together here. The Mavericks have lost two in a row, especially after uh, a big night from Luka Doncic there. I'm just going to take the Raptors on the money line. They're, pu- they're plus money tonight. There you go. Lock them in. Toronto, where are we going for your lock of the day? Well, I uh, had to sign into some betting sites, but I'm going to get some free bonus cash. And oh. I, I, I couldn't get the uh, couldn't get there in time. But I believe that the St. Louis Blues are a plus 220 tonight. Oh, ooh, and ooh. I think that after the game, the Oilers stank the joint out Saturday. They yeah. eked a victory out against L.A. Mm-hmm. I think that Bennington and the Blues are going to take it to the boys up north. Okay, lock them in. Did um, Binnington play yesterday? He probably did. Yeah. No, it was Hofer. Is it Joe Hofer? No, it was Hofer. You got Binner tonight. Yeah. It was a hometown Binner. boy. Hometown game for Hofer. Yeah. Uh, there's one. Uh, before we get to uh, a taste Hofer test, a um, what do you got coming game. up at Mucho <laughs> Big Show? Uh, I'm going away, but uh, GBP, what do you have? Uh, Bick Nazar is going to join me at the bottom of half of the hour. We're going to get the feel from uh, Vancouver on this whole Elias Pedersen deal. Oh, oh stinky, stinky, stinky over there. <laughs> it's hey. juicy. Oh, ooh, Vancouver. Yeah. It's too bad. We need cameras. You pinching your nose is quite the visual. Yeah. 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 Um, Something yeah. stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, we did a lot of things on the show. Um, we, for some reason, my uh, calling it Tanifin. Uh, <laughs> that took Chris off. Tanev and Noah Hannifin and Chris Tanev. And all of a sudden, we asked our listeners, uh, what's a cure? Like, what do you use Tanifin for? And yeah. then, like, the texts were just hammering in. That's awesome. Uh, like, again, if you have a burning sensation while you urinate, reach for Tanifin. <laughs> yeah. What would you take? Tanifin for, for athlete's foot. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like tough act in Tanak. Exactly. Yeah. That's where my mind went like immediately. Tough act in yeah. Tanak. Right? Or, or lace bite, maybe. Lace, lace bite. Lace bite. When you wear oh. skates too tight and you wear oh, a lot, yeah. it hurts the top, of your top of the foot. You, yeah. You, you yeah. should do it in a reed. Yeah. When I have tough lace, but you should do it. Hit, <laughs> yeah. hit the, hit the uh, saxophone for him. Yeah. Pretend you, like you're, 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 you're selling, t- you're, you're selling Tanifin. Yeah. When you've finished a triple overtime game and the National Hockey League playoffs and your feet ache from tight, waxy laces <laughs> after playing 82 games in a season, plus more playoff games. That's a lot for a goalie. <laughs> that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. <laughs> I reach for Tanifin. <laughs> Leaves the itch. <laughs> the burn. Oral or cream. Suppository. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> An aerosol spray. Aerosol. Yeah. Okay. Um, a topical chill. So for some reason, <laughs> Dunkaroos came into the conversation yesterday. How? I, I can't even remember now. I, I don't remember how it came in, but I wasn't a huge fan of Dunkaroos. No. I'm like, there's much better lunch cakes than Dunkaroos, like a Joe Louie, a Passion Flaky, a Twinkie. The list goes on and on. Yeah. But Ding I go, dong. Yeah. So we had a, a ho ho. <laughs> yeah. We also, um, we we're like, we got to get Brent Cron to taste test Dunkaroo live on air. Yeah. So there you go. Well, do you have your own? I don't know. He just gave me his. No, you can have one if you want. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to. Open I don't need to fresh sully up a fresh one. Open I don't need to sully a new box of Dunkaroos. So can you okay, please, them for you can you please like open them. it up? And now just tell me your first impression of looking at the Dunkaroos. Like, what's the scent? I, I like the, the light blue casing. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's very nice in the eyes. Thin plastic. Yeah. It's very translucent. It's warming, right? Yep. It's, it's very inviting, actually, would be the oh, word. They right? got good branding. They have a better if used by May 2024. So I'm sure somebody bought these in 20. 10. Yeah. Um, the vanilla aroma yep. is uh, filling up my nose. Okay. This It also says better if used by. Not, not <laughs> yeah, like it expires. You can still have it, but yeah. it's going to be yeah. better before. Yeah, exactly. The sprinkles can... in the in the vanilla there. This uh, the sprinkles in the vanilla. The the dip looks like cement. Um, <laughs> Doesn't taste like it, though. <laughs> it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> A quick mix of, of now, cement. Now, the, do you want to go ahead and try one now? The, you know, there's a stamp of a D on the cookie yeah. to know you're you're eating some good stuff. Okay. The, so the he's, first, he's dipping it in now. Into the first the, scoop. Into what? the icing. Sizable scoop. Let's get some uh, so, mouth noise here. <laughs> the, the, the cement <laughs> dip is actually quite smooth and okay. squishy. I want you to taste it now. He's chewing it. He's savoring it. I'm grinding it into a fine, <laughs> fine powder now. So now the original like first taste... Like, explain that to us. Tastes like birthday cake. Okay. Like a very cheap, inexpensive birthday yeah. cake that fell onto the pavement. Mm. Okay. How's um, uh, how's the sensation on your mouth skin? Oh, uh, it's sticking to my left <laughs> cheek. Okay. <laughs> I do believe I have a sprinkle caught in between my jibs. 
Um, <laughs> work that with your tongue. Try, try one more. I want I want to get the mouth feel on this too. Try it one more. The, how it feels the, in your mouth. The dip is still on my bottom lip. I can taste it. Okay. It is. Uh... You just took that second one like you were taking medicine. I know. This stuff. My yep. teeth will fall out in six seconds eating this stuff. <laughs> I don't have a sweet tooth, despite how I appear. <laughs> I'm more of a salty kind salty of guy. Salty kind of guy. Okay. Mm. Uh, These are absolute 10. dog. You know that? They're, they're, okay. they're not good. Dog out, of a, out of a 10 bell save, which I still don't understand how that works, <laughs> in the 10 bell save scale, how many bells is that getting? 0.5 of a bell. Wow. Yeah. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> and it's supposed to be a snack, but it doesn't fill you up. There is yeah. no goodness in this that'll fill your tummy up for the rest of the day. It'll give you a sugar high and then give you a headache and make you irritable. Uh, okay. 120 calories in one tray. Okay. In one cookie. In, after you eat all the icing. I'll oh. say the cookies have gone way downhill. The cookies have gotten worse. The, yes. the icing is still the same. It's yeah. probably the same batch. That probably. Made, yeah. And this looks handcrafted, too. These cookies look like they're individually made yeah. by oh, hand. Definitely right? not a machine. Not a machine whatsoever. <laughs> That's a nice touch. Uh, that is the voice of Brent Cron, courtesy of our friends at All Kind Door Services. Uh, we'll talk to you Monday after yeah. the massive Ooh. game on Saturday. Or do you want to come in Friday? Game? Are you bringing a I'm friend? I'm going in? to the game. You're going to bring a friend on Friday? I might have to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you do it. Come on Friday? Let's do it. Why not? Do you uh do you want to get you you want a man staging on, right? You think you can make that happen? I'll, I'll do my best. Stage, okay. stage was lipping me off last All time. Right. Was them, but uh, why was he doing that? Well, What'd you do? Let's see. I'll, 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 okay, we'll, we'll, we'll break work it down. On it. I'll work. Okay, on it. Apple, Google, Spotify, oh. Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Follow Brent Cron on Twitter at Cron Snake. Cron <laughs> Snake. Yeah. No, it's the bit. He gets your name wrong. Oh, it's yeah, it's part of the bit. Yeah, and again, because you I'm stir people snake. up. I do. With your Oilers takes. Oh, people I get do. mad at you. I know. People get mad. Oh, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. You're the fraud. Yeah. You are the fraud. We never even got to your tweet yesterday. I know. That's pretty good. Yeah. That you thing's blew up. it up. Yeah. My notifications are going crazy. I wake up from my nap. What the hell happened? Yeah. Cron yeah. kicking just, the hornet's nest. Exactly. Yeah. Right, Cron. He just throws a Molotov cocktail <laughs> yeah. at Edmonton all the time. Yeah. And then you know what I did? I ran away. Yeah. yeah. I back to my, <laughs> you I, did. I, I went back to my dinner and yeah. I just sat there like, ooh, this is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to my phone go bing, 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 <laughs> bing. Oh, bing, well. Roll this grenade into and, flames, and, Twitter. And you can't see me, but I took my phone and I was like this. <laughs> flipped it over. I flipped so it over. I'm like, and, I can't enjoy hey, my meal. And just like that, you all mean nothing to me. <laughs> just so you know, that also works in the internet. Just turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Just turn it off. Well, I know. It's like people that get chirped on Twitter. I get lit up every once in a while. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, why not? Mm. It's all, it's they're mean, to be too. They can oh, be they're mean. mean. They're oh, mean. they're mean. It's awfully mean to be, or easy to be mean when you don't have a face. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's, it's very true. Yeah. I prefer it. Yeah, and those are like those are like the most unassuming people, and they're just carving you up like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah. You All right, have to Ab- be the worst hockey player I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah. was to his face. That was to his face. <laughs> yeah. All right, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. It was actually into the back of his ear. Wasn't it whispered into yeah. his ear? It was whispered into his ear. <laughs> yeah. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Wherever you get your podcast, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more hard hitting stuff. Like, how does a Dunkaroo taste? Yeah. That's it for us. Have a terrific Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.